This week on Podcast 17, we talk about the latest news and releases, Shotgun Sunrise, and quickly jump into a detailed interview with the entire Decadence team. So keep it locked to Podcast 17. Welcome, Podcast 17 fans, to another awesome edition of Podcast 17, uh, your one-stop shop for interviews, previews, reviews, uh, and every other sort of view you can possibly imagine. Every week, we give you the lowdown on the Half-Life, Half-Life 2 scene, just basically the Valve scene. This is episode 12569, and we have an interesting, very, very dedicated, um, specific episode one different for all of us here on the show. Um, and of course, we have the Decadence team with us. The entire Decadence team, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> they sound very enthusiastic about their mod. Let's do it one more time. Yeah. Okay, okay. so we have, right. the, we have the Decadence Three. team. Video games. But before we get into introducing you guys, of course, we got to introduce Emmanuel, our uh, Floridian resident, the only from one from America this week. How you doing, Emmanuel? I'm good. But we don't have to introduce me. I'm I'm kind of expected now. So just... I know, but I like to I like to say hello to you. You make it sound like a chore. <laughs> And Nick is here too, recording as always. And like I said, we have the Decadence team. So how we're going to do this is before we start the show, I want you all to sort of introduce yourself. Um, you know, your nickname, your real name, um, and what is your skill? So what do you do for the mod? Just real quick, so everybody has an idea. So go ahead, you guys can do what you want. Yeah, I'm Yuvan. I'm the programmer. Uh, and I go under the username, The Unicorn. And um, I've been developing uh, Decadence for about two years now. Nice. All right, who's next? Yeah, I'm uh, Pontus Karlsson. I'm, uh, 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 say that again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, my name is Pontus Karlsson. My nickname is uh, Pompery. I'm uh, one of the environment artists at Decadence. Um, I've also been involved in the level design. And uh, mainly um, the texture style is uh, based on my personal style. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Um, my name is Tobias Moltham, and I use my surname as Medic, so that's nothing more there. Uh, I've been developing the community and being quite involved in the SAS system for decades. Nice. When you say, yeah. wait, real quick, when you say developing the community, do, are you the PR, PR man? Uh, not as much PR as uh, coding the web page and the community sites and such. We're all okay. doing the news. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and uh, my name is Henrik Alfredsson. Uh, go by the nickname uh, Majestic12. And I've been doing in design, some level, level design as I'm an environment art as well. And I'm I'm mostly the guy doing uh, the news stuff and shit like that. Now everybody thinks you're the leader of decadence. Are you the leader, <laughs> or is everybody the leader? Ha <laughs> ha. No, actually, <laughs> no, actually, the the development side is kind of unique to us, I think, in a mod team because uh, 
everyone's the leader and not the leader at the same time. Yeah. So may, may, I, may I interject? I, I believe it is called the Cabal style, and I believe Valve use it too. No, it's called Anarchy. <laughs> yes, that's the formal name of it, I think. Yeah. All right, Anarchy. so who else is there? Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, you, yeah. My name is Philip Corianos. Uh, I've been doing level design and environment art. also did a first-person weapon for the mod. Um, uh, but my focus area is uh, mainly level design. And my nickname is Kolianos. Yay. 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 And I'm uh, Klaus uh aka Nerb. And I've been working on pretty much all aspects of the art, from concept art to character art, and level design as well. And I'm Sara Wendel Örtqvist. And my nickname is uh, Sol Sara. And I'm the game writer. So basically, I've found um, voice actors and written dialogue and, well, trying to get a nice story for Decadence. Cool. And Sarah, I, th I think you are the first female guest of Podcast 17. <laughs> <laughs> for all we know, Nick could be a girl, and if my theory is correct, that would be fun. Let's see. But uh, that's all I'll say about that. All right, so uh, welcome, Decadence team, to the show. We're we're really we're glad to have you on. Uh, this was definitely a hope of mine. So this is going to be yeah. a good show, I think. But before we get into interviewing Decadence team, we have to go through some uh, follow up and errata and some podcast seventeen oh. news. Oh, I know. But uh, first off, podcast seventeen news. Next week we will be doing live broadcast, live video broadcasts. Uh, I promise the listeners that it will be. We have we'll have a separate site set up. Um, you will be able to go to the site, look at uh, myself, Thomas, and Emmanuel, all doing a webcam stream, and then there'll be a live audio there and a live chat for everybody to sort of converse. So uh, stay tuned to Podcast 17. We'll give you more details on the website, um, and you can get information on how you can watch live next week, which will be next Sunday. So that would be that's going to be really fun. Um, and you can see how ugly Emmanuel is and how hot I am. So. Oh yeah, you say that. All right. <laughs> we'll see. Next, when, when our uh, when our uh, uh, female user base shoots straight up, you'll you'll, you'll know why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up on follow up and errata, um, crates and barrels. We talked. We mentioned crates and barrels very briefly last week because it was released on Saturday. Um, this week I can get into a little bit more detail. It's not actually a mod for Half Life. It's a standalone um, game that uses the Half Life assets. I'm not sure how legal that is. But it's out, and it's essentially an arcade game. You can play arcade games like Snake, uh, uh, Tetris, uh, Whack-A-Mole, and they all just kind of use Half-Life assets. It's a little bit wacky, a little bit weird. I had fun playing it, um, but, you know, people who don't play Half-Life won't really get the, the game. So I think they're really restricting their gameplay base, um, but that's that. Yada, yada, yada. It's kind of silly and download it if you're bored that's it right onwards yes uh next is reaction and we mentioned garbage reaction onwards <laughs> no hold on a sec hold on a sec um it's a third person kind of action strategy their demo is out you can play their demo to get an idea of where they're going with this whole steampunk uh feel with the game it's available i had a little bit of fun mild fun but uh if if the demo is what they hope it to deliver I hope the game has a lot more content and a lot more storyline. So Yeah, I, I don't want to be too negative on it. I really do like the third-person view, and I think it works well. And I think that if they 
pushed it, they could end up making it much better than it is. But as it stands now, it's kind of boring and bland. And we'll we'll give it time. I'm not going to pass judgment on it yet, but we'll see. Just exactly. Don't unless you absolutely want to see what it's about. Exactly. Um. So onwards to uh, apol- a manual apology apology section. So what do you have to be sorry about this week, Emmanuel? I'm sorry that I didn't get to go into the DRM thing last week because I actually had something to say about it. I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't. But uh, I think that DRM is bad, and that any company that looks at DRM as a uh, DRM did I say DRM? I meant uh, downloadable content. Oh, Same thing. Yeah. Well, Anyways, right. DLC is bad because if the companies are thinking about DLC before they even release the game, that means that they're looking at it purely as an accountant point of view, and they're not even really giving a shit about the game itself. They're just trying to get their bang for the buck out of it. So I think it's stupid. And with the Decadence team here, I think they'll agree too. They essentially do this whole thing for free. So to have a game company out of, out of nowhere come up and say, well, we released this game, and now we want to release little bits of content like horses with armor for $2. It sounds kind of really stupid. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I think that DLC will always be bad and that we should stick away, stay away from that. Right. Okay, so uh, which actually kind of leads in, you were mentioning DRM, but that's the main topic this week from Valve, from the, uh, straight from the mouth of Valve. Steamworks, um, the title of the post is Steamworks Makes DRM Obsolete, and this is coming straight from Valve. Um, there's an interesting article on how Valve will be handling uh, DRM, which is the digital rights management. I think that's how it is, meaning, you know, how many copies of the games can you install, where can you install it, that sort of stuff. Um, the article kind of talks about exactly that and how Valve plans on handling that with Steamworks. So if you're interested in that sort of stuff and if you follow the whole DRM thing, then... Go ahead and read that. I read the whole thing twice or three times, and I still have no idea what they're talking about. They're just basically the, saying they're not using DRM. You know. You, yeah, you, but <laughs> they, they say that the new feature feature set is the custom executable generation technology. What what the hell is that? Maybe yeah. the Swedes are smarter than we are. Do you do you know what that is? <laughs> I, I'm completely lost here. What's CEG? Uh, where uh, that? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I think anyone knows what CEG so is. I'm confused as well. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't make it quite clear, but basically, we, we know where Valve stands about DRM, and it's that you know they don't want to enforce it as bad as say EA or any of those other AAA development studios do. So. Mm. Right. Uh, anyway, next up on the list, uh, Left 4 Dead DLC dated, which is awesome for everybody who wants to start making content for Left 4 Dead. It is April twenty first. Um, actually, Microsoft announced it before Valve did. I think that was kind of a mistake, but uh, either way, it's out in the open. April 24, 21st for the DLC, which is awesome, which will also include the SDK. I'm not sure. Will that include the SDK? Eh. Probably not. Eh, we'll see. Um, but DLC dated. Awesome. Woo. Survivor mode. No portal releases? No portal releases. Left Dead releases. Um, Nick and I played a lot of Left 4 Dead releases this week, and I just want to blow through them real quick before you we do get that. into the release list. Um, first is Sub, sub Away Train. Um, this one wasn't that great. I suggest people to stay away from it. Um, a very indoor map, a little bit like a labyrinth, uh, not too interesting. Don't, just don't download it. Museum of Unnatural History. Kind of the same thing, only now you're not in a subway, now you're sort of in a museum. Uh, almost equally as worse. So, also stay away from it. Next up, (laughs) Last Resort. Now, Emmanuel played this with us. Emmanuel, what'd you think of Last Resort? It was, it was cool. It's, it's... I think you're going to find the same problem with all of these, and this is the reason I don't do these Left 4 Dead maps, because it's just Left 4 Dead in different textures. So save yeah. yourself some time and just don't play it. It's just all the same. You might as yeah. well just replay through the campaigns. 
Um, the only difference is Last Resort is just a strictly finale map. So you you basically just start on a on a coastline and you hit a button and you just fight hordes and hordes of zombies until the osprey shows up. So if you like those sort of finale atmospheres, you know, you pick it up. Uh, Death Newell, it actually came out today. We played it this afternoon, Nick and I, and uh, we had a lot of fun playing this, actually. It's pretty straightforward. There's nothing good to say about it. There's nothing bad to say about it. It's just mediocre. Um, back to School. This was really fun and very well detailed. I mean, Emmanuel says it's just like Le Left 4 Dead. They use Left 4 Dead textures, but I think they do it right. They have some really good mapping um, and environmental design which a lot of Left 4 Dead maps right now are lacking. So if anything, I suggest you pick up Back to School. It will be in the show notes if you're into sort of the Left 4 Dead custom content. Um, lastly, Collaboration. Collaboration was a little bit unique because what they did is they took five mappers. Each mapper made a map, and they put it together in a collaboration, hence the name. Um, they're all sort of orange-textured, uh, gray-textured maps, but they were actually pretty fun. We played this for two two hours maybe i can't remember how long it took us to beat the whole collaboration but it was it was rather long um the first one is actually a labyrinth the second one is sort of a cooperative you know you have to get your buddy to hit a button to let you in through the next area that sort of thing um and then the second last one or something you have you actually climb the eiffel tower that was kind of fun very scary. I'm afraid of heights. And then the last one is sort of a professional cemetery, which was also fun. So Collaboration is another really good map that's out there. Um, if I had to pick two, it would be Back to School and Collaboration from the Left 4 Dead list. So, that's that. Uh, the release list right now. Uh, first on the release list is DRA Escape, a quick little single-player map from FPS Banana. Um, just kind of traps that you have to get around. Nothing too special if you like those sort of trap maps, then check it out. Um, Zombie Mod Source Release 3 was released. Um, we talked about that last week, so if you liked it, uh, download the newest version. Uh, we're going to skip over Shotgun Sunrise. We'll get right to it what? in a second. Well, wait a second. I'm just going to do the small stuff first. Um, Kill G-Man was another one that's released. Uh, Philip from Planet Philip actually converted this to a mod because it was originally Russian. You can go ahead and download it, and it's it's alright. It's, it's rather lengthy, actually. Um... Once again, another one of those mods where there's nothing good or nothing bad to say about it. If you like single player, then go ahead and download it. And uh, Headcrab Survival. I had fun with this, even though it's a simple, crappy horde map. Um, you just basically fight zombies to your heart's content until you know until you die, really. Um, and then lastly, we got Sh Shotgun Sunrise. So, Emmanuel, how about you tell us about Shotgun Sunrise and what it is? Because nobody knows what this mod is. <laughs> It is it is it is biblically good and it's, it's one of those things where I downloaded it and played it only because I had to. It's kind of like a homework assignment and I wanted to hate it. And then you get me in the server and we're playing it, you know, only three or four people, and it is it is fantastic. And it's not particularly well done, but it's just I I just loved it. I don't know why the zombies, the way they run, it's ever the animations, the characters, and everything. And then you told me that the premise. Now get this straight. The pro the premise of the game is that these are gay cowboys, yes. right? Yes. Like Brokeback yes. Mountain. Yes. And you're fighting zombies. Yes. And you drive a big truck. <laughs> yes. And the objective is to get the booze. Yes. And then jump a ramp at the end of the mod to save you all. <laughs> so essentially what we have here is Left 4 Dead, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and Grand Theft Auto all in one mod. And uh, it's fan-goddamn-tastic. You should play this. And actually, I, I say play it, but 
honestly, I'd rather everyone wait until they finish it so that it's less buggy and they have a bunch more maps because as it stands, there's only one map. But I'm going to venture out to say that this is one of my favorite mods of the year, and it and it's just they had a good time making it. You can tell. I've always said that. Yeah. You can tell if mod team has a good time making their mod because you can kind of feel it. It's just they had a good time, and you're going to have a good time, especially if they if they go through and finish it. But And, and William has nothing but good things to say about it too. As it stands right now, Shotgun Survival, uh, or Shotgun Sunrise, I keep calling it Shotgun Survival, Shotgun Sunrise only has one map, and it's an objective-based map. You pop, you pile in a truck, you have to get one objective, come back, one objective, come back. What it suffers from is that it's only one map. So after yeah. you beat the one map with friends, it's sort of a co-op environment, there's nothing else to do with the mod. So that I think that's where Emmanuel is saying hopefully they can finish it and get more things in there, more custom content that might be a little bit more interesting. So there's some flavor or some differences from when you join a server. Um, also, as it stands right now, it is really buggy and it is really laggy. It sort of suffers from what Empires suffered from in its early release stages um, in terms of vehicle code and uh, how well the, the servers handle the lag issues and latency issues. Um, but I really think this mod is going to go somewhere if, if they decide to continue it and if people, you know, if, if there's a fan base for it. This, so, this is what I suggest. Unless you absolutely have to play now, you wait. Don't play it yet. Just wait until you hear us say, okay, now go download it or you see it on a site or something. Because once it is ready to release, you and three friends are going to have the most amazing Half-Life experience in a very long time. It's just it's special. It's really good. And I hats off to the guys who made it because a lot of the time you get mod developers who get very worked up in their own kind of serious attitude and they don't have fun with it. And, but these guys definitely did. It's, it's brilliant. All right. So anyway, that, that finishes up the release list. Um, quickly on the Media Blitz, some things that I want to talk about. Um, there's a really, really cool walkthrough of the Spencer Mansion from the Resident Evil Prologue uh, project. They recreated it almost like inch by inch. And it's such a it's probably one of the best renditions of the Spencer Mansion from Resident Evil that I've ever seen. Awesome. You, you have to watch this video. It's really short. Um, next on the Media Blitz is... Binus Bysornorse Party. I don't know how to pronounce that. Anyway, um, basically what Bysornorse or whatever is, is it's Care Bears on drugs beating up other Care Bears because this evil alternate reality dimension has messed them up. This, this trailer is hilarious and everything about this mod is going to be funny. Um, I had a fun time watching this. It's not a professional trailer in any sense of the way. Ne neither is the mod, really, in my opinion um they're just having fun with it another another mod group that are just really having fun and just playing around with the engine which is nice and uh lastly on the media blitz ham and jam um one of it's never gonna come out <laughs> i know but they it's always fun. do good media blitzes it's never gonna come out sorry <laughs> next mod <laughs> they did a really good media blitz they got some cool images of their environments and i thought i'd share that with everybody so that finishes up media blitz lastly Topic of the week, before we get into decadence, topic of the week, Filefront is shutting down. I am utterly dis. I just, I'm genuinely disappointed. Like, yeah. I could cry. There's a uh. lot of people who really feel bad about this, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really what? touched. I really wish. Yeah. Why do it's... people feel bad about this? I don't know. I never you, used this service. Do you Swedes never use Filefront? What do you guys well, use? Well, I use it sometimes, but I don't feel like I... Well, my life is going to yeah and, you, you know. have to understand in, in america we we don't have 
the same incredible, super fast fiber optic internet as you guys. So, bandwidth. Oh, how do you live? <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're a bit dinosaur in our in archaic in our in our uh, technology now, and it's it's really it's really such a pain in the ass to have to download mods and patches and all that, especially when you have to use File Planet and wait in lines. Yeah, and you have to wait in lines, and it's whereas Filefront was just straight up here's your file, download it. All right, see, you, dude. That was it. Lines, no nothing. It was awesome. So yeah, FileFront is down. Um, there's a lot of sites actually suffering from it. Uh, Planet Philip to be one of them. He has his whole collection on FileFront, and he makes that collection available. Now there's, I don't know, and ModDB too. ModDB has all their collections on FileFront as well. It was kind of a shock because FileFront pretty much said, get all your stuff now because it's not going to be here at the end of the month. Um, so right now all the servers are being hit hard. If you try downloading anything from FileFront, you get significantly lower speeds. Um, by the time you're probably listening from to this podcast... It's not there anymore. The website is probably going to be gone. They're uh, citing economic issues. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I think I think we're going to enter another age of file sharing in terms of how you download files. But hopefully something else spawns from this. And uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping the FileFront team might start something else. But Unless you live in Sweden, in which case you just you know aim it to each other because you have incredibly fast fiber optic, <laughs> mega, super fast. My brother. <laughs> All right, so that is um, the whole episode except for decadence. So let's start off with the decadence goodness. And uh, yeah. as, yeah. as yeah. Pe- most people know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Was that today? <laughs> so. Damn right. Well, it is. William, we don't. I don't want to ask all the questions. Like I don't want. I don't want to ask all my questions, and then you ask all your questions. I should go in, in order. Like I mean, not in order, but alternate, so that way we don't bore the listeners. Sure, that's fine by me. Um, but first off, um, before we get into the questions, for those who don't know what decadence is, um, for those who haven't heard anything this week, which I don't know who hasn't, but uh, how about somebody from the team over there explain what this mod is, and uh, you know when you guys released. Well, Decadence is basically a two versus two uh, capture the node Genesis thing. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a tug of war, you know. You start in the middle and you fight uh, to capture a node. Mm-hmm. And then if something captures a node, you move on to the next area. And if the same team wins there, you win the whole match. Uh, otherwise, um, it goes back to the middle and back and forth. Right. Now, and, when, when uh, they say when they say two player, it's like a two v two kind of thing. You have to understand they really do mean two versus two. When I first read that it was kind of like a a team oriented gameplay, I thought, oh, it's just going to be you know everyone says that, but it really is two versus two. You have to play like that, or else you will lose horribly. Yeah. And it, it you don't even have the choice that actually forces you to do it anyway, so you don't really have to worry about it. First of all, I actually enjoyed the mod, and uh, I actually have some genuine questions this time. And uh, some of them might be—they might seem derogatory—but I'm only saying them out of the out of the the kindness of my heart because I, I I'm actually curious as to why you did certain things or why certain things haven't been done yet, and I would like to see them done in the future, et cetera, et cetera. Keep in mind, I am an idiot, so if I offend you, I, I apologize. But uh, I'm going to start off with a question. Uh, that I actually think is kind of a compliment. I am. I don't 
throw this around because I've never actually given this compliment to a mod team, but you actually have the best sounds of a mod. Almost a game that I've ever seen, or actually seen but heard. And I don't know why other teams don't do this, but they always use the same default Counter-Strike sounds, the same different Half-Life footsteps. And Counter-Strike Source does this too, and it's the most annoying thing ever. They use the same footsteps from Counter-Strike, and you have these terrible 92 KBS quality step sounds, and you hear them all the time, and it's the most annoying thing ever. Whereas in your mod, every gun has its own sound, and they're all fantastically done, and all the voiceovers are perfectly done, and everything ties in perfectly. I really do like that, but I have to ask, was it difficult to do? Because if it wasn't, I'm going to start expecting that out of every mod. <laughs> uh, well, about the voice actors, uh, we had a bit of a problem with that, because... Uh, we only have two girls um, for our three uh, female characters. So one of them had to do both Yelena and Nikita, but hopefully uh, no one noticed that. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I did not notice that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> um, I can say that I'm, I'm studying uh, game design now, and uh, something we learned early on is that get the sound in as fast as you can, because that's ties things together and makes us feel so much better. So uh, we tried to get sound in as early as we could. Uh, in hindsight, it was somewhat uh, late, but uh, we, we worked with several external persons to do sound and music. Some didn't work out, but it led to uh, something better, I guess. And uh, professional people came on board. Mm -hmm. Now, for your foley, um, for your sound foley, who was doing that? Would would you guys just do that yourselves? Or you, you guys mentioned professionals. Did you guys actually hire out a sort of foley studio? No. Um, first, we had uh, Luke Haddon. He's a brilliant uh, sound effects guy. He actually got a job the day we released Decadence, so he's really happy. <laughs> he's uh, working at, uh, I don't know what the studio is called, but... He's doing the Lego Star Wars games. Oh, nice. And he, he, he has been doing all the sound effects by himself, you know, recording and mixing and all that stuff. In about three months. <laughs> yeah, three months. Of wow. So, so did you guys use studio-level yeah, equipment for that? Could you repeat that? Did you, how did you get the sounds in? I mean, did you have to rent out studio level equipment? I mean, for the guns, for the, for the footsteps, particularly the footsteps, because that's something I always harp on and everything else. Well, Luke did everything by himself. Uh, really? So you didn't even that. see that part of the development? No, um, we kind of designed what sounds should be in our mod and, you know, scripted so that the source engine, you know, was looking into the right directories and, the amount of sounds that we wanted into the game, but Luke did everything else by himself and just, you know, sent all the VAV files to us. Jeez. That wow. guy gets a hats off. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. And he's got a job, so he's happy. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Now how do you guys get a contact like something like that? If there's other development teams out there who wanted to get a professional Foley artist or somebody who wanted to do professional sound effects, um, how did you guys find this guy? He found us, actually. <laughs> How uh, convenient. We were working with uh, another guy before him um, that didn't deliver anything to us for months. And, and then we had a media release, you know, sending out some screenshots and stuff. And it was quite successful because we had several people, um, 
musicians and we had a few concert artists and of course Luke who uh, wanted to work on our mod uh, just after we released the uh, media release. Um, well, we didn't accept the, anyone except for Luke though. What was the reaction over at the, at the, over at the mod when you guys finally opened the, uh, the MP3s that he sent you guys and you actually heard it and you thought, holy sh, this is, <laughs> this is game level stuff. What the hell? We're not paying for this? Well, his portfolio was great, so we kind of knew that before he sent stuff to us. But when we watched his portfolio, everyone was, everyone was like gathering around the computer, watching, and it was awesome. Now, Sarah, for the uh, for the voice acting, uh, did you guys enter a professional studio as well, or was this kind of uh, you know we'll bring the laptop to you? And how did you find these voice actors? Uh, well. First, I uh, searched the internet for forums for voice acting talents who, who just wanted to get into the business. And then I joined a Yahoo group named Voice Acting uh, Appreciation or some, uh, something like that. Sorry for the Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, then they just showed up, kind of. But I had to um, write a lot of and make sure they knew exactly what they had to do for the mod. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they, they used their own equipment and uh, all that stuff. So they sent us files and we approved it or declined it and made some uh, changes to it. <laughs> I'm, starting to, I'm starting to understand that this mod isn't very, uh, it seems like you guys didn't do any of the work. <laughs> Making mods is easy. I'm gonna go make my own mod. <laughs> well, the only things we uh, kind of outsourced was the uh, sound and music. Yeah. Everything else is uh, in-house. Which I have to say, I, I mean, in retrospect, that was such a good decision because I'm not sure how good of a job you guys could have done with your limited resources. I know I wouldn't have been able to even get near the level of quality you guys had and it really does piece the mod together. I would say at least 30% of the immersion that I feel when I play the game is the sounds. It's because it's just, it's incredible. The, just the movement, the, the gun noises, everything. It's just perfect. And it fits perfectly in with the, uh, in the environment. And that's definitely important. Yeah. All right. We're going to try to, I'm going to try to move us in a different direction here. And I want to sort of talk about art direction because at the very beginning, even before you get into the decadence mod, um, there's a tutorial video that pops up and it's so professionally done. It's almost like a video you would see in a AAA title, um, explaining, this is the mod. This is what you expect. This is what you're going to see. This is what you should be doing. And then even further, once you get the mod open, you get this beautiful title, this beautiful sort of rendered text version of decadence and trees kind of spawning out of that. I mean, even that set yourselves up for such a well, uh, such a good presentation, um, how do you guys sort of decide on your art style and who is the, the sort of, uh, I guess, who is the, who's in charge of that title screen and such? Uh, well, uh, uh, I have done uh, a lot of the uh, initial uh, art concepts and uh, such for the mod. Um, and also created logos. It's uh, nerve talking right now, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, well, as for the tutorial video, I guess it's just part of, uh, uh, we, we've uh, really focused on making the mod accessible and what really want to be, 
make it clear what the player is supposed to do in the mod so so they don't get confused or uh, turned off by the fact that they don't get uh, something. Uh, so we really put a lot of effort into uh, making a good tutorial with you. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, since we're on art direction, I had a question for, I think it's either Palm, I think it's going to be Palm Pre mostly, but this also might have sure. something to do with uh, Majestic 12 um, and the, any of the other level designers. When you, when you decided on your art direction, I know it must have been difficult because you, you can't go all over the place here because this is a post-apocalyptic world where there's no water. So it's going to be difficult to, to kind of expand on that to make it interesting. But in some points, the textures, they, they seem boring, a little bit bland, but they're not bad. It's just everything seems almost gray or brown. Is that, is that something we can expect in, in the rest of the levels that come out? Or is this something that is, we're going to see a lot of because of the, the art direction guides chose? chose? Uh -huh. Well, the great part about the textures is uh, probably because uh, when we started out, we weren't as skilled as we are right now. <laughs> We've learned so much during uh, working with Decadence. And it's just, uh, when we looked at it, uh, the early stuff we did, it was uh, like, what the fuck? Why <laughs> uh, <laughs> is everything totally fucking great and uh, darkened out and uh, bleeding and no colors and shit. Uh, but uh, we've improved a lot, actually. But um, <laughs> it will probably be a while until we uh, release new maps with uh, new content, if ever. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about uh, you know coming up with a good art direction was that we created what we call the zoo. This is uh, something that was inspired by Valve and how they do things. Um, in the very beginning, Klaus was doing a lot of concept art, and we kind of picked a picture that we thought was good, and and we we started to make a level um, you know, using the source engine, of course, uh, applying textures and stuff uh, into the scene, um, and just making sure that all the textures were great, the models, and just trying to make the scene look as the game should look when it was finished. That was the first thing we did. Uh, art-wise, and it was really helpful to get, you know, started, and it was a great experience. We started, we actually also learned how long things took, you know, how, how long does it take to make a bench or a trash can, as well as, you know, textures and how long did, did the scene take to make and so on. So it was very helpful to make that zoo. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, now we're changing directions once again a little bit further um i want to kind of talk briefly about the uh the story and maybe even sort of on the water note and this is once again back at you sarah since you're sort of doing the the writing and the storyline from what i understand um first off how did you guys come to the idea that you wanted to make an ap apocalyptic mod i mean uh as it stands right now uh, the whole apocalyptic feel is very popular as made popular by bethesda and fallout 3 um, currently in the in the market, um, but also, where did you guys get the idea that water should be the commodity? Water is the thing that everybody should be striving for. Is this maybe a comment on society or uh, something a little bit deeper? Well, this isn't my question because uh, uh, I entered the team uh, after they decided that, so okay. it's um, I don't feel it for uh, Henrik. 
Yeah, well, uh, well, Philip, could you well, help me out there? Yeah. <laughs> the thing I remember was that we started out the mod, it was um, just a few weeks after Gears of War was released, I think. Yeah. And the, the initial concept of the game was extremely inspired by Gears of War and how the game worked and so on. Um, I don't really remember why we chose to have water as a theme. I think it was to limit the players to walk a certain Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I kind of said, yeah, that's a good idea because players will, will not be able to swim in our mod, so we just you know, drown everything, so they won't be able to go there. I don't know. <laughs> so you guys didn't want to add water, so you made water the sort of you know, the limited commodity? Yeah, I guess. I, it was almost like two years ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> well, one of the that that actually worked out well because one of the gripes I have with a lot of mods and a lot of games is that you run around maps for ten minutes looking for the action, whereas in this you know exactly where the action is and the way you've designed the maps you can kind of subvert your 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 attacks and everything through flanks and all that and it actually works this time because you know where the people are gonna be and it's it's very interesting. I like that. I like the way the, the way the gameplay has been made around that, but uh, that actually ties into the, my next question, which is about the story. You, I the story seems like you want it to be very important, but it doesn't seem like there's any way to implement it. Is there any way you you all plan on implementing it forcefully? Because just having the snippets in between you dying doesn't seem to really get the point across. I mean, I understand. I, I took the point of view as some just some regular player who's not going to look too much into things. I usually don't. So, and I didn't really get much of the story. I understand that it's post-apocalyptic. You want the water, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't get anything beyond that. Yeah. Well, uh, straight from the get-go, we we knew that we had to uh, constrain ourselves in some way. Like uh, we couldn't do the massive mod that we wanted to. So we decided on having small uh, small amount of characters, like four characters, as now. And uh, because of this, uh, this limit of characters, we decided to make these characters better living. So uh, you can, uh, the, each character feels very pers personal and they uh, got a story with it. Um, and uh, the first idea was to make the mod very story-driven, like uh, the all maps take place in the same town and you fight through the town and stuff like that. But uh, at the same time, we didn't want to uh, step away from what we really are. And that's a very action-packed uh, multiplayer mod. So we give hints about the story and stuff in-game because when you play a game, you want to play a game. You don't want to play like you know, read uh, several pages of story uh, in a very action-packed uh, multiplayer mod. So we give hints about the story in the game, and then if you want to read more, you go to the site and read uh, your own research, kind of. Yeah. Right. So if well, is there want... any way? Sorry, is there go... any way to implement that better in the future? Is I mean, first of all, you have a you have a multiplayer mod here. It's going to be no matter which way you approach it, it's going to be near impossible to actually implement the story. But do you ever plan yeah. on trying trying to do that in the future? Or are you going to focus more on more important things like gameplay and? getting more levels out and things like that. Well, it's it's kind of an interesting design feat to do uh, a story-driven multiplayer mod or game. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens in the future. I don't know right now, actually. 
something I would like to add is that uh, uh, while we don't present the story in a written form or uh, or we do in the uh, on the web page of course but not in the mod uh, but the story has helped us very much with the art direction and creating a living and coherent world um, so uh, I think that's one of the major benefits of uh, yeah. the game writing now the there's an ever-going debate on podcast 17 more specifically when philip was co-hosting with us um and that was um should you design the story first before you make the mod uh meaning should the mod be a byproduct of the story or should the story be a byproduct of the mod how do you guys feel about that um do you think the story really really helps you reinforce the design or does the design help you reinforce the story what comes first well, we had, we had this question uh, earlier uh, while we were uh, showing off the mod in school, and uh, this question came came up. And the answer is that the story is much easier to uh, form around a gameplay mechanic. So you got a very fun gameplay gameplay mechanic in the ground, and then form a story around it. And the story can uh, change uh, shape around the gameplay when it evolves during the development process, uh, cycle. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's easier to write the story based on the game rather than forming a game around the story, even though the story helps to create a very good game. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Because um, if I had been there from the beginning and uh, written all the stories, at once, then I don't think the decadence would have been the same game. Yeah, you might want to try to. Would you? Are you saying in the sense that uh, you would really want to try to stick to something that m maybe it wouldn't work in the future? Um, uh, I don't quite uh, understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, if, if you write a story beforehand, are you saying you're sort of limiting yourself in terms of this is what we have to stick to? Yeah, sure, uh, totally. You know, uh, you can, uh, the, even though we had the design document early on, the game is totally different from that. So uh, if we have written a mod and locked ourselves down in that early stage, uh, decadence would never be like it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel? Nope. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Um, well, you're, you're talking about design documents, uh, which kind of leads into the dev cycle. And uh, could you could you sort of explain your dev cycle? And, I mean, uh, it's clear that you guys all live in the same area. Um, could you kind of mention to the listeners um, how you guys know each other, how you met, and then how do you guys coexist in terms of developing this mod? Well, we're all students at the uh, university here in Kovda, and we're studying computer game development. So that's how we got together and... and um, yeah, what was the question? I forgot. <laughs> What's your dev cycle, basically? <laughs> okay, that was it. But, but the dev cycle, yeah. Well, we rely on chaos. Um, that's good and bad at the same time. Uh, it's, we don't have regular meetings. We don't have... Uh, when, when we do decisions, uh, everyone doesn't always approve or doesn't even know that the decisions are going through. And in those cases, when... You know, say the animator is getting more job and he doesn't know about that. He gets upset and we have to kind of redo that decision. So it's like the worst way to, to kind of design a game or 
but, but it works. Yeah, at the same time, everyone in the team knows pretty much most of the stuff. You, you have your uh, artists that can, can do level design and design work, and programmers can input with design decisions and all that. So if you have an idea, and uh, then there, there's a job for you to uh, like talk people over to your side. Uh, and if people don't want to make your idea a reality, you want you have to do it yourself and show the others that this will work. Trust me, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting fact because most of us here uh, aren't only uh, artists, for example. I mean, most of us have, knows multiple things and, you know, almost everyone that hasn't been doing programming has been doing level design at a point, even though we only have two levels. Um, everyone has been doing environment art as well, so um, yeah, we kind of know a lot of stuff, and that has really been beneficial um, because the team has been so very flexible. You know, it's like, oh my god, we're we're having a we're hitting a deadline, and we need to get this done, and everyone just switches from what they're doing and just start m making models or textures or whatever is needed. <laughs> um. All right, fair enough. Um, I want to ask each and every one of you uh, a specific question, and maybe you guys can share your thoughts. Um, first off, we'll start with Majestic. Heinrich, um, what was the most difficult thing when designing Decadence? Well, um, just the idea of sharing everything with the other people, because I, I don't have the final say in anything, you know. Uh, so I, I came up with a basic idea way back, way back. And... Uh, that kind of snowballed into what Decadence is today with all the ideas coming from all, all the directions. So uh, I'm not really taking credit for the design work. It was a group thing. Well, when it comes down to it, Joe, uh, Johan is the programmer. So whatever he wants essentially goes in because without yeah. him, yeah. you don't He's have a mod. Like <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, but at the same time, the artists represent what the programmer does. So you're all a team in the sense. Well, yeah, artists are a dime a dozen. Where it's it's really hard to find a programmer. I think. <laughs> so Johan, what was what was the dif most difficult part for you? For me? Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't do that much design actually. I did. I jumped from. Uh, thing to thing all the time and uh, I wrote some design things when some other some other guy didn't want to do it and I, I did some PR and some level design prototyping and uh, all that stuff so uh, yeah it was uh, the design work was a group thing so uh, but yeah, not in well, terms of not yeah. in terms of design I'm talking about in all of decadence what was the most difficult point in the development okay. for you well um, let's see here uh, <laughs> Well, I don't know actually. I'm not the worst. Try, probably trying to make it fun, even though we had limited time and limited manpower. I mean, we we yeah, could sure. we couldn't do more than four characters with our team. Uh, we would need more team members, and uh, well, uh, the biggest challenge was probably making it fun, even with limited resources. Yeah, that's very true because if you want that thing or that feature, you can't have that feature and you have to compromise and all that things. And that's, that's very interesting in a game uh, design perspective. But uh, you want to make the best game you can, but you're still limited to the resources you got. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah? 
stemming, sorry, stemming from that, would you guys say that there's a lot of mods out there that bit off to bite off too much, no, uh, bite off more than they can wait. chew? Yeah, totally. You see those like ten or fifteen year old pro uh, projects, you know, <laughs> fifty members. I am a jam. Firearms. You know that you want to make the best game you can, but at the same time you need to know your limits and uh, kind of limit your ideas and uh, stick with at the at the whole project. That, that, that ties into something I wanted to compliment you guys on. A lot of people will go in making a mod and think, okay, we need to have a, a primary weapon, a secondary weapon, and then 400 other different types of primary weapons, and, <laughs> and that's the only way this is going to be fun. And I really hate that approach. And to see you guys actually come in and say, okay, listen, everyone can have their own guns. They'll all perform similarly, but they'll all look and act and sound different. That I really, really like that. As a matter of fact, I think... Because you guys knew how much you could handle, you were able to polish what you did release so well. And you can tell, perfect. Everything was, nothing was, was settled on, and that's really good. Um, and I actually like that. But that ties into another problem that I think that you guys should address, and that's where the hell is the melee? Yeah. Because <laughs> I run in, I'm out of bullets, I'm like, where's my shit? Got to knife him, got to hit him in the face, where's the button? And it's, nope, I have to reload. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the features that are planned, you know, for the future. After <laughs> we have uh, migrated over to the Orange Book engine and implemented some of the other features. And, but yeah, well, it, it's on the table. Absolutely. Good. Well, get it done because that really is. <laughs> you know, what's more annoying though is I picked this up the other day. There's a strategy where people will will they'll, they'll fight you, and this is the the scout the light um, weaponry people do this, and it's really annoying. They'll come in, you'll break into a fight, and right before they're about to die, they'll turn around and sprint away, and damage has no effect on their sprinting speed, so they sprint right away, and they get all their health back. The health regenerates way too fast, so they just wait to, like three or four seconds, and they come back and kill you because you tried chasing them, but you couldn't kill them. Yeah, that uh, kind of sounds like a bug there, <laughs> <laughs> which we have not, you know, noticed in a year of. I don't know if it, it is it a bug or is it that they just reports about that? You know, people sprinting and then avoiding bullets and stuff. I think it's uh, if you have very high latency, uh, the hit registering system will, will not work properly. I don't know, we haven't really looked I into that. I think someone mentioned on our forums that uh, in Orange Box, the uh, hit detection is uh, a lot better or something. Maybe yeah. that's something we could look into. But uh, I, I don't know if that was the hitbox thing or if it was just because they regenerate health so fast, but you, I, you know more about it than I do, obviously. So. Well, I was, while we're on the topic, I've noticed um, from just from playing Decadence for the past couple of days, um, that one of the main complaints from everybody is so many people just think it's so unfair in terms of the hit detection, in terms of the hitboxing. Um, obviously, you guys said maybe the orange box will fix some of that, but uh, do you have anything to say to all those people who are listening right now about the hit detection and hit um, registering system? Stop sucking. Yeah, stop, stop playing on... Uh... <laughs> servers with more than 115 pings. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's that, actually that's, exactly it. It's a, yeah, I think so too. Because so. I had no problem when we weren't lagging. And it, to tell a mod your mod sucks because it's not good when it lags is you can't do that. Yeah. Th this was designed as a lawn game. <laughs> not, <Yeah. laughs> not to be played between the US and the uh, Europe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as I continue... 
Uh, oh, sorry, Emmanuel, go for it. No, you go. Um, I just wanted to continue with my sort of questioning individuals. Um, Philip, so what what was the hardest thing for you for developing Decadence in terms of a level designer? The hardest thing that me and Klaus was fighting about um, when we hit full production was to, you know, um, Decadence, is, it, we understood that we, we had to make very small arenas, but, you know, designing them to be... And the difficult thing was to designing the levels to be fun, you, that the players had choices and routes to uh, take and, you know, able to do ambushes and such and apply tactics um, and still keep the level small. That was the big challenge. And, and we kind of, you know, did prototyping for months, you know, just we had like 20 or, or 25 different prototype levels that never got into the final product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, orange well, map. What you worked out was perfect because so I, I, there was multiple instances where we were losing, but simply just flanking or uh, orchestrating an attack from uh, multiple angles that just worked perfectly. And it, it definitely is there where you have to pay attention and and look out for people who are a little bit more savvy than you in terms of where they're going to attack. That was definitely one of the things that we had to look out for. And that actually ties into a question I have, which is there seems to be a problem um, with, the with the way the gameplay is oriented, where if one of the players really sucks or just isn't cooperating with the other <laughs> teammate, um, they essentially ruin the team and the other guy doesn't stand a chance. Is there any system where if one guy keeps on dying or is really bad, um, the other one can get kind of like a weapon buff or something for the other guy being so bad, or is there anything like that? Because th there was a few instances where this poor guy was just obviously playing by himself because the other guy was just completely hopeless. Yeah, that's that's basically a problem because we designed the game that this should be played by pairs of players, and and if we start kicking one of them, it <laughs> to actually want to play as a pair. Yeah. That's not uh, entirely fair. See, I sort, of I sort of call that the Left for Dead syndrome in that uh, Left for Dead is really only interesting if you're playing with friends. You can't really play with um, randoms. And I feel that's how Decadence is, um, only because if, if, if you're joining with somebody that you don't know, and if you're not over voice chat and not strategizing properly, you don't get the full effect of the game. Um, how are you guys maybe addressing this? How do you feel about this? And is there anything really that you can do? Well, uh, one thing that uh, uh, we are, uh, it, this is obviously something that we have been talking a lot about uh, since we are making a mod for uh, a small number of players. Uh, but I think, I'm not going to promise anything, but I think that uh, our upcoming stat system uh, and, uh, mech, uh, and uh, clan registering uh, system can, uh, can somewhat uh, help uh, that sort of thing, because uh, on the website you will be able to register clans, and uh, we we kind of expect that people will play a lot more with people they know, yeah. and just uh, maybe we will have some sort of matchmaking service on uh, on the website and such. Maybe we we haven't announced uh, a lot about the website yet, uh, so maybe it's time to do that now. We have our community <laughs> manager here, so that, uh... he, he could perhaps talk about it. That's perfect because I had a question yeah. about the login system. How hard was it to implement? Because I've always said that this was something that mods could always do. And I mean, even technically with this kind of system, you could even implement an MMO-ish 
esque kind of stat tracking leveling kind of thing but just in your case how hard was it to implement and get working well basically it wasn't that hard we just did it right <laughs> Is it, so it's not that difficult to tie into the source engine because it seems like it's very reluctant to take anything besides anything that isn't uh vanilla to the engine it doesn't seem very receptive to, to anything from the outside yeah. we had a couple of tries with different libraries and different strategies but basically this works and we've been using <laughs> yeah yeah one press yeah the the thing was that we had to decide how much effort to put into this feature and uh, and in the beginning uh, not everyone was completely sold on the whole stats idea and didn't think that this long game would benefit much from uh, a stat system but uh, this year it has really come together yeah i think yeah. i think uh to be honest valve really missed the boat on what you guys are doing um, in terms of keeping the community active and keeping that external link for people to stay involved with your game. And I think this stat tracking system is really going to help your, your, your game stay popular in terms of com competition and so that people can join together and meet people and help each other, um, help each other just sort of work together at this mod. I mean, the Steam community exists um, for Valve games, but you guys are doing something a little bit differently in terms where um, it's sort of like the Steam community, only at the same time um, you can compete with each other and exactly what you said, stat tracking. I think that's a really good addition to the yeah. whole mod. And the, the stats are uh, like uh, recording all kinds of stuff, like how many times you die while reloading and how many times you team against the kill and uh, how far away you were when you shot someone. Mm -hmm. uh, we can generate heat maps from that and uh, we will log a lot of things that will help us help us to see how people play the mod and make uh, changes uh, accordingly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The stats are like two parts. The one part is the game balancing part that we can have a look at and see, oh, no, this weapon is like too overpowered or something. And the other part is this community part, and you talked about Left 4 Dead, and I can only speak for myself, but I only play Left 4 Dead with friends I already know, and we're hoping to allow players to meet new people they know and like play with them in the future. Yeah, and uh, with the stat tracking, does that open it up to maybe achievements, if you guys ever want to add something like that? We've been looking into it from day one, and like had it on the concept uh, level, but... Yeah. We, we are currently working on how to link together the website and the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's turned out to not be as easy as we, <laughs> as we might have thought. Yeah. Okay, so um, moving on once again with my sequential questions. Um, Klaus, so what was your most difficult thing with Decadence? Um, well... Uh, uh, <laughs> When I started out in Decadence, I was I thought I wanted to be a concept artist. <laughs> um, so I did I initially just did concept art for Decadence. Mm -hmm. And since then I've become a three D artist. So <laughs> so I guess I guess during the the progress of Decadence uh, well I I've uh, <laughs> I've become uh, a 3D artist, and, and that's uh, probably been my personal main challenge. 
Uh, as for the mod, uh, mm, let's see. Well, uh, just anything about uh, 3D has been a, a big challenge for me. I guess I've learned texturing and character art from scratch. Uh, I've uh, well, uh, there's been a lot of negative feedback on the characters. There's a huge list of stuff that I've been said about the characters, like uh, well. <laughs> Some, they're being ugly. Yeah, they are, yeah. but <laughs> like men and uh, we should put and, back and on their heads. So, 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 we, so we have a space. Yeah, that's a favorite one of mine. And well, uh, since I'm kind of a big self-critic myself, uh, I agree with all these points. <laughs> so. Or of course, everything related to the art has been a huge challenge for me since it's been new to me. But uh, well, basically improving <laughs> myself as an artist. Yeah. One one question that I have about the characters is, uh, what gave you what what was the motivation behind having three female characters and one male character? Most mods would probably do, you know, two male heavies and two female scouts. Why is there, um, you know, that extra female heavy? What what happened there? Just out of curiosity. It's my fault. Uh, I wanted to, well, from the beginning, we thought about having uh, two men and two women. And then we realized that uh, in an ordinary game, you yeah. have one black guy, you have one white guy. Um, then you have a female, and she's often small and uh, very lightweight, um, small guns and such. So just, um, a female with, uh, well, a large figure and a large gun this would be cool. So, well, that's my answer, at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes we sense. We also had, in the beginning, sorry, did I, no? <laughs> well, in the beginning, we had actually three classes and six characters. Um, but once we had the first character being designed and made, we realized that we wouldn't have time to make all these six characters. And so we had to cut one class, two characters. And, and the class that was the weakest and the least interesting was uh, actually a class that had two males, which left the game with three females and one male. <laughs> well, interesting. Go, um, now that you've you know developed the characters and everything, be honest, you don't have to say yes to this question, but have any of you actually developed the kind of a fancy for any of the characters in terms of playing. For instance, whenever I play, I always try and pick Zoe because she's my favorite. I like her gun. I like her style. I like the voiceovers. I just, I like the class a lot. Do any of you feel that kind of connection to any of the characters? Yes. <laughs> I like Sita because she is, uh, she's armed with my gun. My <laughs> so I, really I pretty much played Nikita by the fall. If she's available, I, I don't know why I don't pick so we as often, but uh, well, usually yeah. I play. And uh, I I love playing Echo because he looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were talking about that. We I, I remember William saying, did they purposefully make him look like that? Just, was that one of the first models they made? Did they not know what they yeah. were doing? <laughs> it's the first model. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> character mob whatever made. <laughs> <laughs> so we were right. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of that people attaching themselves to the characters because I refuse to play anyone else. I, I have to play Zoe or the other uh, equivalent. I just I don't like the heavy weapons classes. Yeah, and I don't like I, I, I don't like the scout classes, so it sort of works out. Everybody yeah. will sort of find their own niche. It's just like TF2 in that sense. Or, and, you know, people attach themselves to characters in Left 4 Dead as well. Um, and it's just that sort of thing, that sort of thing that brings people to really feel like the game is personalized for them. And I think Decadence brings that to the table, and that's nice. That's nice to mm-hmm. see. Um, now, Pontus, what, would you, what was your hardest thing when developing for Decadence as a oh, texture artist? Um, I'm not sure what was the hardest part, but the most tedious part, I think, was uh, getting custom content into uh, the source pipeline. Uh, it's been pain in the ass, really. Um, previewing stuff, exporting models, uh, re-exporting models, um, all that stuff. Collisions. Collision stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, previewing stuff with the light, uh, compiling. Mm. Just making it all work. That's generally not a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so would you say um, would you say that the Source engine is probably the best engine to choose, or maybe the worst engine to choose for? You know? um, <laughs> don't pick Source. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be perfectly honest, to be perfectly honest with you all, playing your mod, I couldn't help but think every ten minutes this would have they would have had a way easier time on UT three, or this would have been better on UT three. The entire wow. time I kept thinking that. Yeah, we, we kind of joke about that all the time. <laughs> uh, the thing is, when we picked the engine, the Unreal engine ha- ha- wasn't released, so we, we, had, we, didn't, we didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, even if you did release it on UT3, you, wouldn't, you have to choose between having a good engine like UT3 or having players, which Source has, whereas UT3 has nothing. You're not going to find any yeah. people player mod, so I guess Source is the best, uh, best option anyways. Well, yeah. not, not programming-wise. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I just want to add something. that yeah. Our official position is that Source is the best engine ever, and, every, yeah. and, and everyone should make a- maps for decadence. Third party match for the yeah, That's what yeah. we want. We named that one for. And we love uh, Evolve too. Yeah, <laughs> you, you got. Yeah, you guys don't have to worry. Gabe Noel isn't listening, and none of the Evolve team is either, so that you're not going to get judged. <laughs> <laughs> but if they were listening, what would you what would you say to Valve um, in terms of Source Engine? What would what would be the number one thing you want them to fix? Why? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just why? <laughs> why? No, no, but seriously, the orange box uh, SDK, uh, it's, it's been very much delayed, and just the last beta had uh, orange ma- orange box shaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was basically why we couldn't uh, migrate over to orange box earlier. Because they didn't allow for those open source materials, is that what you're saying? No, not to. Uh, well, yeah, I, can, I guess <laughs> I guess you can say that, but it's more. We have several custom shaders in Decadence, mm-hmm. and uh, there wasn't any support in Orange Box. Right, right. And Tobias, what was the most difficult for, thing for you as a community manager? Well, basically, it's a quite uh, it's it's a nice problem because it's choosing what features to implement and what features to wait with. Uh, I've got a long list of things we can do, and it's only been fun picking which 
when Muffalo goes into the game. Now, are, do, do you find that there's uh, some really good reception from the community um, right now for de- Decadence? Uh, well, the, the loudest voices are those uh, re- requesting <laughs> 8 versus 8. Uh, <laughs> there's some people that uh, fighting the good fight, and um, yeah. It's kind of interesting to see the comments on the ModDB and sites like that. Because you have people coming writing a line about how the mod sucks and how classes are unbalanced, and then uh, two hours later they come back and say, "Oh, fuck that! This is awesome! This is so balanced!" <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's a very we we designed the game to be very easy to learn, and we designed the heavy class to be the new class, but it turned out to be the uh, the the toughest toughest class to uh, play. In some way, I don't know, and uh, people need to really get that tactic thing going because if you just run around doing like team deathmatch stuff, stuff is not real fun. Uh, tactics is key in decadence all the way. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I mean, that's just the nature of the internet. You get idiots, and then they come back apologizing for themselves, or they just don't <laughs> because they're too proud. But and we don't make a mod for everyone either. So uh, yeah. some people like big games, some people like small games, and uh, this is a small game. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, what is your stance on ever opening it up to something further than two v two for anybody who's listening who wants something like that? Three versus three would be fun, but it would take a lot of time to implement that yeah so we're thinking about coming up with alternatives perhaps um, equipping uh, each class with a new weapon or or perhaps a new letting the players choose abilities or we have like lots of options there but we are going to discuss um we're not sure about what to do next really one thing that's not going to be implemented is two versus two versus two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be Which miserable. <laughs> actually, yeah. three three versus three doesn't sound so bad. Actually, in retrospect, I think it'd be fun if you guys ever had the time to implement it. But you know, that's that sound that would sound interesting to me because mm-hmm. the gameplay opens itself up to it because you have a strategic piece of um, game here. I mean, it's there. It's just a matter of do you have the time and do you actually want to do that? Um, so Sarah, what was the most difficult thing for you? Finding voice actors. Funny people who aren't bad. It goes well with character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Being being in charge of the story, did you find it difficult to to have to focus on on getting it the way done properly? Because I'm sure everyone had something to say about every little thing you were doing pertaining to the story. Because everyone's working on the mod, they feel that they should have some some say in it. So did you did you have trouble trying to sort it, sort that out, or especially after the when you guys changed from six classes, uh, I mean three classes and six players to uh, four and two? Did you did you have to rewrite anything? Not really. Um, I started out with uh, writing short stories for first Echo and then Zoe, and when Nikita and Yelena uh, was added, uh, I started working their short stories. Uh, we worked with the cadets in uh, three uh, what do you call it, projects in, at school, 
uh, and uh, it's um, the latest one that was fin finished uh, just before Christmas. I think it was at least. Well, then I started um, looking for voice actors and uh, writing dialogue and such. And well, I got a lot of comments, but mostly they were positive. So it's it was just nice to have them commenting on it. Um, one thing that I have a question for all of you is, uh, recently, and you see this a lot with mod groups, um, they do sort of an incremental release where they just kind of release what they have because they want to, um, and it, the, the mod is nowhere close of being done. We see numerous, numerous of demos and various sort of betas that nobody cares about and nobody likes because they're just so shit. Um, what made you guys decide to do a full-blown release like Decadence? Because, I mean, it's polished. It's done. It's finished. Um, anything you guys add on top is just sort of an update to, you know, um, leveling the playing field. Um, but how hard is that to do in the, in the same vein, to just do a full-blown release, one time go? Well, it is, it is definitely d difficult. But one thing that you really have to focus on is letting people that doesn't know what Decadence is sit there and play the game and, you know, give us their thoughts about it, you know, come out of the closet. I mean, you can, you can have play testers and such, but keep them, you know, and, and let them try it out very early on, but, but don't, don't release it in public. You know, it's not that difficult to, you know, you just pick your mom, sit her, sit, put her right in front of the computer, let, let her, let her play the game. And, you know, yeah. um, we work a lot with, picking people at the university um, and having them playing the game so we can understand, uh, so they could tell us what, what um, tell us the weaknesses of the game, what they, what they thought was bad, so we could improve that. Yeah. You don't have to release anything officially to get feedback. I have to, I have to agree with you there because when you, when you develop something, you become so you get attached to it. You 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 become very close to it. You treat it like a child, and you don't want to think. I mean, you want to think bad things about it. You want it to be better, but it's hard to find opinions on it when you spend all day with it. So, for you guys, you actually picked out random people and asked them to sit down and play and be honest with you and tell you what they thought. Yeah, basically, we had we had a, actually a day where we you know took a lot of people, like 50 people, and put them into groups and let them have played in sessions, like 30 minutes. And then we had, like, interviewed them and asked them what they thought was good and what they thought was bad, you know, if they noticed this, if they noticed that, if they understood this, if they understood that. And based upon that feedback that we got, we actually created the um, introduction trailer and added a lot of feedback in the game, like the icons so that players would know where to go and who their teammate was, that was all feedback. Thanks, thanks to that work, we probably reduced the learning curve for decadence from maybe an hour to uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, definitely. Uh, thanks, thanks to this feedback. I, I love the game mode you have now, don't get me wrong, but there's got to be some way to, to further it beyond... I mean, you do have the three-node thing, which makes it so that you're in three different parts of the map. I like that. But is there any any way you can implement a game mode where there's there's objectives you have to accomplish and you have to move throughout a map, or make it a bit more objective oriented, or do you want to keep it just straight up shoot the other people and make the bar go all the way up? What's the what's your guys' idea of that? Well, well nothing's not on the table. 
Nothing nuts on the table. <laughs> Nothing. We we haven't talked a whole lot about it, I guess. Um, well, one one thing that um, I personally think is that if you have too many game modes and a small community, then the small community will be spread out mm -hmm. over uh, many uh, small uh, favorite game modes. And they won't. Then the parts of the community won't integrate with each other in clan wars and such. And then I, you get uh, many small sub uh, communities instead of one strong community around one game mode. Right. Uh, like uh, Unreal tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Well. Well, that I understand, but it's just I was having. Don't get me wrong. I was having a great time, but it just felt like there. It wasn't as deep as I as I would have liked it. Maybe it's just because it's still in its early phases. But I mean, I was I was definitely having fun. It's just, it's I would like to. I, I guess I could compare it to natural selection, where if you play CO, it's fun, but you don't feel satisfied like you do when you play the actual natural selection, where you're actually building nodes and you're taking over and you're you're advancing through the map. It just it felt a little shallow in that respect, but it's still a ton of fun and. And once you guys get more maps out, maybe that'll quell my uh, my thirst for more. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I guess we have to be quite realistic to um, people yeah. graduating and moving away, and we're losing uh, like our big uh, advantage of other teams. Yeah, and we're losing people to uh, companies as yeah, well. Yeah, people, so. people get worse. <laughs> That's so, true. So, um, I mean, obviously, you guys do have an advantage of being in the same school and working on a sort of a school project. Um, what sort of advice would you give to people who aren't, who are trying to look for, you know, help for their mod, but, you know, they don't go to sort of a design school or they don't know a lot of people? Um, is there any advice you can give to them? Well, uh, I would say start very small, make something very sim simple and have a good communication between members like over Skype and webcams and communication is key to uh, achieve a good mod. But uh, start simple, uh, then iterate on that. Make something awesome, I guess. Also, also, if you're recruit, cr recruiting people over the internet, you really have to um, convince them that you're doing something awesome. So all the media and such should really look polished. Motivate them. Yeah. Yeah. And no, okay. be sure that they can deliver. And um, sorry, before you go again, Emmanuel, do you think a mod could survive if there's a separation in the in the development group? Um, for example, there's tons of mods out there who uh, start off with a certain set of people, and then some people come and some people join, and then maybe the the whole development team splits apart and a new team takes over. Do you think that's a good way of doing things? No. Yeah. <laughs> Nice well, question. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you, you need to know what uh, your fan base wants in a mod. If you take over an uh, already established mod, you need to, like, this is the stuff people want from the mod. If we change it too much, people will leave the mod or yeah. the community and uh, think we just crash down. Mm -hmm. So if you take over a mod or something, you just need to know what you're doing and what the mod is good for, like, I guess. And then build on top of that, I guess. <laughs> I think I think that's the op obvious answer, but there's just not enough mod groups who understand that. And I think it's good hearing well, that from such a successful but, team. 
but keep in mind, like you guys said earlier, there there's comes times where you you want to implement something that you yourself think is a great idea, but no one else does, and that motivates you to work on it on your own and and make it as as the best you can you can make it. So in a way, I guess that is kind of true because not having two sides of the story, but more importantly, working together, but having different ideas and working hard to make them good. I guess you know having that friction there is is a good thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Manuel. Um, um, okay, this is uh, this is actually kind of annoying. Why the hell are there not multiple instances in one server? Because as it stands, there's only one game going on, and you have to wait and spectate it. Why not have it like RA3, where there can be multiple games of people in a single server? Is that the engine can't do that, or did you guys not have the time to do that, or? Well, uh, I can say from a level designing perspective that uh, the sourcing now. Engine has some limits on like brushwork and model counts and stuff like that. We plan to have like uh, five ar- ar- areas, but the the limits in the engine force us to go down to three areas. And uh, I guess uh, coding wise, it's kind of hard to run several instances on well, the same server. What I mean is like, for instance, you can have people in the same area of the map. For instance, you can have the middle node. You can have, but you can have two groups, like two sets of games going on, but they don't see each other. It's the same server. The server's just handling it as if it was two servers. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, Is there any way to? But wouldn't it just be easier to fire up two servers on the same machine and you know don't <laughs> join a server that is? Full? I guess. I guess, but don't don't you run into the problem of multiple? Resources is the engine susceptible to to slagging down or slowing down when you have ten servers going on? Well, I ran like six servers last night and seeded uh, the torrent for the release. So, it ran quite so, nice. no, so my so my questions moot. Okay. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's a good point. Uh, however, when a match is over, most people want to switch to a new arena. And what if uh, only one of the teams currently playing wants to switch arena at the same time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I'm, my I just was confused because I thought, oh, there's eight people per server. Great, there's there's multiple instances, and there wasn't. It was just spectating. But I guess yeah. spectating is good too because people get bored and then they quit, and it, it takes a long time to find new people. Whereas if you have spectators, then they can just jump right in. So yeah, and we actually like to watch matches in decadence because it's the 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 action is kind of. What do you say? Thanks. It's focused on one area at all yeah. times. So you can really spectate as well. Yeah, and and I have to say that that's true because I was spectating and I saw other. I actually saw other people spectating my game for ten or twenty minutes, and I was surprised. I thought that they were AFK, but no, they were still there, and it was it's very interesting. And th- that actually, I think a lot of it has to do with the resurrection feature. Being able to res your teammate plays a huge part of that because the 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 gameplay, the, the fighting can keep going and going and going. So. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about the resurrection feature, and now I'm kind of nitpicking, um, what gave you guys the idea of having a specific resurrection key instead of using just the straight up use key? It is the use key. I thought it was a separate key like F or something. No. No, it is the use key. <laughs> no, it's not the use key. No. No, we it is. Resurrection <laughs> key and use on F. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, when, when do you use the use key? Just resurrect Never. people. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I've- I remember when we had this discussion, it was like, Johan has been working on separating these two for some stupid reason. And I said, 
why the hell are you doing that? And he said, shut up. I told you, get rid of Johan. I am, I am taller, I'm more handsome, and I can code. Uh, I'm more than willing to come to Sweden. I was just um, But how do you guys feel about a limited UI? Um, because obviously your UI is extremely limited. There's nothing there except for, you know, what you see is what you get. There's no ammo meter. There's no health meter. Um, what made you guys go towards that direction? I love it too. Uh, I see it kind of like a exercising game design because you limit yourself by removing all HUD elements. And uh, by doing so, you can't just say, ah, we had a meter for that or something. Mm -hmm. You need to really think about what you put on screen or in the world and how you represent that uh, information. And it's learned, we learn so much by doing that. And the result is great, I, I think. I adore it. It's perfect. And having the beeping to uh, as a way to symbol you're running out of ammo, I love that because it doesn't get in the way. It's just visually visually looks so much better. It's just I just like not having a HUD. Um, now towards for a more um, you know general question about game design in a whole. Where do you want the game design community to be in say five years, ten years, or where do you think it's gonna? How do you think it's gonna evolve? after doing projects like this or through your schoolwork? <laughs> what? <laughs> Basically what I'm asking is what do you think of the current state of game development and uh, where is it moving to and where do you think it's going to be in five years? Well, I'm, I'm very excited for the, ter uh, for the, for the indie development. It's coming very strong now the, uh, the past three years or something. And that's thanks to like PSN and uh, Xbox Live Arcade and Steam. Steam. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I really love to play all those small uh, games in the games and uh, just see all the new ideas and go to GDC and see uh, and test all the new stuff. That's really what's going down right now, I guess. Yeah, one other interesting thing about that is that. Um, the commercial computer game um, industry it has, you know, in the past, you know, they used graphics as an argument for buying their new product. But we are kind of hitting the roof soon where you can't really improve things art-wise without, you know, investing huge amounts of money. And I really think that um, a way to really and sell good products is, is the game design. So I think that it will have lots of things will happen with the game design from now on. All right, fair enough. Um, this is uh, this more, this has nothing to do with the mod. It has more to do with uh, you all. But before I ask, I just want to say I agree with the graphics thing. And uh, I be honest, how much time did you spend on the graphics? Because you you all probably you don't have anyone devoted particularly just to graphics. You have, obviously, artists and stuff like that, but really, you just relied on the engine and, and just let your art come through and, and, and make the graphics good. I, for me, I think this is one of the best-looking mods out there just because it's so complete and everything ties in perfectly. Nothing sticks out like a sore thumb. So that I, I totally agree with you there. Um, but anyways, my question is, uh, now that you're done, you, you spent, I'm guessing, a lot of time on this. You've all worked together countless hours, and I'm sure you've all gotten to fights and <laughs> argued and kicked Johan out and Tobias. <laughs> and I'm sure it's all been heart-wrecking, especially getting the feedback and seeing stuff cut that you really liked, et cetera, et cetera. 
and at the end of it, you're not even getting paid. This is just something you do because you, you truly enjoy it. And I've always said that people who do it because they enjoy it will always be better than the people who do it for a paycheck. But now that you're all done, what's it like? What, how do you feel? Is it, is it, do you feel complete? Do you feel like this is something that you're proud of? Do you feel like you want to keep working on it now, now that it's been out there? And even though it's been well-received, you want to, you want to perfect it? What, what, do, what do you all feel? I feel empty. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I think that was the best answer I've ever heard on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever we, we do now. Do you just feel like you've given it your all and now it's just done and there's just an, an, a mod with a bunch of angry, nerdy white people arguing about it? I mean, what, what, how do you feel about it? <laughs> well, uh, most of the team have, have been very busy the few days due to like game jams and other stuff going on. So we haven't really sat down and played the game and talked to people yet. So I look forward to doing that. Anybody else? So that's it. You don't you don't feel any sense of accomplishment or <laughs> well, that's it. It's just no yeah. we're done. All right. Uh, personally I'm very excited about we will be working a lot with the third party uh, people, level designers that want that are willing to contribute and make stuff to us. And I've been kind of responsible for, you know, helping these people. We, we released the Decadence Development Kit, as we called it, which was, you know, documentation and source files for making levels back in September last year. And it's been great working with these people um, and see their stuff they sent to us. Uh, these crazy levels, because they have no idea what Decadence is. And, you know, <laughs> we placed this and it, it's been a lot of fun. But since now the game has been released, uh, most level designers out there will get a much better um, understanding of how the game works. And I'm really excited to see what new stuff um, this will bring. Because, you know, back in the days when Counter-Strike was like in beta, um, those levels sucked. Uh, and it, I'm really excited about to see, you know, where, how is the level design going to evolve from here? So, yeah, um, very slowly, right. apparently, if it took a lot of time to make those two levels. But I have to say, it's incredibly polished. Mm -hmm. That seems like the future where everything you're, you don't get much, but whatever you do get seems very, very honed and, and practiced and very, and very uh, furnished. Yeah. And the decadence has been kind of like the vehicle for our portfolios as well. We use Decadence to show off what we can do, and uh, it's it's playing an important role in our future. And I'm assuming a grade too, right? A what grade do you, of some what sort. You a grade of some sort, since you guys are all in school. Is it a school project? It's oh. been in yeah. 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 So uh, oh. I was gonna just gonna ask. So I mean, it's it's a sad state of, state of affairs because you guys have to eventually graduate and move on with your lives at one point in time. Um, so, what does the future have in store of decadent for decadence? Then, what do you guys have planned in the near future, and then um, what do you have planned in the far future? Well, fixing up bugs first off, you know, making the game work. <laughs> yeah. Well, for our players. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we 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 have discussed a few things, but nothing is set in stone. We I don't know if we even can talk about it because <laughs> everyone has their ideas about what to be done. So, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm just asking, what happens when you guys all graduate? 
Well, we'll probably move up from here, and if we don't get a job, we'll probably live on grass. <laughs> not the drug, the 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 kind you step. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs are bad. Wait, can you see? Too. Can you see yourselves developing decadence even if you're not living together, in the same apartment, in the same country, in the same city? Absolutely, yeah. I have no problem with that. I mean, uh, Pontus has been. I got you know hired a few months ago. Been working on Grinstons. Um, which is in Gothenburg, about one and a half hour from here. But he has still been able to contribute and do lots of great stuff. Yeah. The, the development of uh, Decadence will not abruptly stop just because we uh, released this initial release. We will at least um, make a few updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just, I just know there's a lot of people who want to hear that, you know, and it's good hearing, hearing it from you guys that, you know, it's not over yet. You still have some I, I tricks really... up your sleeves. I really think that uh, one of our main goals right now is to really get the community going yeah. and uh, create something that that we can hand, hand over over to uh, third party dedicated community members that can uh, keep working on decadence uh, and make it better. So where can people go to find out? I mean, we're pretty much ending towards the end of the interview. It's almost a two-hour interview now. But uh, <laughs> where can people go to find out more information about Decadence if they if they don't already know? Decadencemod.com. There we go. Not Decadence.com. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Decadence.com is a porn site. So you could go there if you want to. Is it really? Decadence. Decadence. Oh, down, actually. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you missed that one. Is it is it is it you guys posing or is this not related? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, if one last thing, if if you guys could implement anything without time or resources being a, a problem, what would you implement? Something that that you all want. Lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Not to decadence.com, decadencemod.com. I would like to see a third class. Yeah, yeah and uh, match. Um, match. Match making? Yeah. Match matching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Unreal Engine 3 would be nice too. More, yeah. more levels. More level. Yeah. More yeah. levels of characters. Not, not uh, to go into 3 versus 3 or anything, still keep the 2 versus 2 gameplay, but have more characters to choose from. Interesting. That would be nice. Well, I'm pretty much dry. How about you, Emmanuel? Yeah. Yeah? You good? Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm well. trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm actually looking now for Unreal Tournament 3 mods, and I cannot find a single one. I've, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is one. I think that you guys are just hoping for, for something that isn't possible. <laughs> well, you asked them. <laughs> you know, no holds bars. But anyway, um, I mean, it's been a pleasure. You guys are definitely currently the best mod of 2009 in my opinion no because i mean it's so well polished and you guys clearly had a goal in mind and you in my opinion you just you just did everything right um you are the staple for mod development and i think all mod groups should sort of emulate what you guys did because there's there's so much disconnect in the community right now and you guys are doing everything so well and uh, you are a model for the Half-Life community. I'm going to just say that. So. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm surprised yeah, William can I still talk. With, uh, the, 
I'm so surprised William didn't talk with, um, with the, the penis so far down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I have to agree with him. Like I, I, I've always said that you should focus on what you can do instead of focusing on. But it's essentially what he said earlier: biting off more than you can chew. And you guys didn't do that. And you, you to this day, even after release, are still realistic about what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? That 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 blows me away. How do you know what what is possible? I mean. Because everyone has all these ideas and wants to get them out, but how, what made you think? What made you know that oh, we wouldn't be able to implement that? It would be too much of a waste of time. Is it just because yeah. you work in the field? Well, we have some experience uh, with other game projects before we did Decadence, so we kind of knew somewhat uh, how fast we work and uh, what it requires us to do. But it's been a it's been a trip. It's been up and down all the time. So hmm. you learn a lot. We're quite stubborn, so I mean, yeah. uh, don't give up. And uh, you take something for it, you make it worse. What would you like yeah, to tell? A simple, Sorry, go for it. A, a simple thing you can do is is take notes about how long things take to do, and then you will be much better at you know estimating time as such. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, you guys mentioned things like uh, don't give up. What would be the number one thing you could you would want to say to all the mod development groups out there? Well, keep it simple, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just make the, just take a very basic game mechanic and make it very good, and then iterate on it uh, till you get a very awesome mod, I guess. But it's very important to have the basic structure of the mod very, very stable and good, and just build on that. Yeah, and exactly, and you use the like you have the core mechanic and explore all aspects of it, but don't do more than it and don't do less than it. Awesome. I mean, we hear that from so many mod teams too, so it seems like it's the golden rule almost, keep it simple, of mod development. Well, I mean, uh, I'd like to thank you guys all for being on the show. It's been great, um, and taking time out of your busy playing schedule, um, and celebration, yeah. and drinking <laughs> beer to come on Podcast 17. So, I hear there was a release party, was there any playing going on there, or was it just... Of Were there any strippers? Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> it was what crazy. Sense. It was like the worst party I've been on. No, not worst, <laughs> but the most crazy one because my flat isn't that big, and we had like one person per square meter in my small apartment, and everyone was like, screaming. And we had like the game on my big screen TV, and everyone was looking at the first match. Like, and it started like five minutes after the release. And it was just awesome. Yeah. Oh, so you guys observed the first match? And we were so drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, is that yeah. why the website didn't work for three days? <laughs> yeah, actually, the website was super. Uh, <laughs> no, we did some, um, yeah, I don't know, maintenance. Yeah, we were releasing with a bag. <laughs> That's great. Anyway, um, that pretty much closes up the episode. Once again, I'd just like to thank you guys for being on the show. And, uh, of course, thank you, Emmanuel. Yep. <laughs> and it thank just, you, it feels so lonely without Thomas, doesn't it? It does, it does. Unfortunately, Thomas couldn't make it. We didn't even mention Thomas. No, we didn't. <laughs> I'm thinking anyone noticed. Was it, is he actually here right now? No. Thomas, are you there? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, anyway, that closes up another edition of Podcast 17. Once again, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Decadence, for being on the thank show. Thank you, guys. It was, it was great. Thanks. And Thanks. Uh, thank so you, much. listeners, for tuning in. Uh, I think this is a two and a half hour episode. 
We just keep getting longer and longer. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's so this anyway. <laughs> you did not just do the Sparta thing. Oh, I, I, oh come on. The Swedes can do whatever they want. That's just that's how it is. I'm Greek and I didn't even say it. And they, they took my oh, thunder. Just... <laughs> yeah, 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 we're probably going to talk about that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stay tuned to Podcast 17, www.podcast17.com for more details and more details on how you can listen live next week. And if you have any questions for the Decadence team, feel free to post comments on our uh, on this podcast post. And uh, I'm sure somebody from the Decadence team will be looking at that. Maybe they can comment a little bit or answer any of the questions that you guys might have. So that's what it's all about. It's all about community. And uh, I think that is the end of another episode. It is? Yeah. Very well. Yeah. Bye. Bye.